0: Hello and welcome everybody to a very different episode of the World's Greatest Podcast, That's the Way the Cookie Crumbles.
1: Hello everyone, just me and Cook here today, isn't it Cook?
0: Yeah, like I said on previous podcasts from a distinct lack of mouth breathing, as you can tell Stan is not here on this episode (laughs) and thank God for all those podcast listeners because it might just sound like this. (gasps) This is the perfect podcast if you love the cookie podcast but hate Stan. Yeah, and the Saudi (laughs) Arabian views, allegedly. But no, he's a good lad, really. Yeah, allegedly. But anyway, on to more pressing matters. We have decided to treat all the Cookie Pod listeners, especially those that love the NBA and basketball, because for anyone who doesn't know, me and Jim are massive fans of the NBA and US sports in general. So we just thought we'd try something a little bit different—a pilot episode for an NBA playoffs little segment really we're going to do one a week that's the idea there's a little roundup. we're going to give you betting previews we have got a bet of the week as well lined up so more on that later but yeah like i said we've got quite a big u.s audience as well it is the playoffs it's the best time of the year to be an nba fan and yeah me and jim just want to give you our perspective from a couple of lads who love it and just have a british perspective really so like i said this is the pilot we don't actually have a name yet do we jim
1: we don't and if, if anyone any of the listeners can think of a catchy NBA pun related name perhaps or a little play and that's the way the cookie crumbles, I don't know. If you can think of something, you let us know because um, we're, we're drawing a blank at the minute and we just thought we'd get this episode out there as like hook said a pilot and we'll see where we go from there, don't we?
0: We will indeed. We will see where we'll go from there. But Jim, there is only one place to start, isn't there?
1: There is, and I guess that's with last night's games. <laughs> um, so, yeah, last night we had three games. We had the Nets and the 76ers. That one looks like it's getting the brooms out in um, in Brooklyn as the 76ers go free up. Um, we'll discuss about some testicle play in that one, more on that layer. <laughs> <laughs> a weird one. The Suns go 2 1 up. Um, they beat the Clippers one two nine 2 9 versus one two four a Kawhilis Clippers, a Paul George Clippers, but it looks like they put up a good fight there. And then the place where we are going to start talking about this podcast, Cook, is um, I would say the most entertaining series um, of round one. Um, I don't know if you agree, but the Kings Warriors, the Warriors pulled one back last night in the Bay, winning one fourteen ninety seven. So we'll start from there, Cook. Um, Steph Curry, he was down 2 for the first time in his playoff career and then he comes back for 36 points and 6 free-pointers to lead the Golden State in scoring what do you think about him in this game
0: I, I love Steph Curry and even when for example Clay Thompson who was really poor for three quarters of this game wasn't really helping him out Jordan Poole and Anthony Wiggins had to help him out but Curry is just like a fine wine you talk about LeBron this guy is arguably the best shooter of all time And I watched a video on Steve Kerr basically saying that Steph's allowed to shoot from wherever he wants to. And last night he showed why. Like you said, six threes, 36 points, six rebounds and three assists. Good day at the office. And we were speaking prior to the pod the other day. And we were saying that even without Draymond Green, I feel like Golden State will win this game. They actually went small and started Jordan Poole in this one. So what do you think about that? Replacing Draymond for Poole?
1: Yeah, so we'll go on to the Draymond stuff later. That's that's very controversial and um, it's it's here in the headlines. But there was also without um, guard Gary Payton, so they was a bit short handed themselves. Um, he was out of an illness. Um and yeah, they went short. They started Jordan Poole along with Clay and along with Wig. Um and it he worked out from that. I think they had a lot lot more energy and I think what we've seen in this game was the difference between how Golden State play at home, which they had one of the better records in the NBA, and away. Um you didn't have a winning record at all in the NBA. I think it was something like 11 and 28, or something like a top Me, I can't think of what it was, but it was a huge difference to how they play at home and the results they get there. Um, I thought two plays were massive at the end of the first and the end of the second. Pretty much, to beat us. The first one, Di, Di Vincenzo, does like, an amazing like dribble move on the side of, on the top of the key and then does like, a scoop move over, I think it was um, Len, the um, Grizzly centre and then Curry's kind of looking at him thinking that's my, ba- that's my, that's my bag that's not your bag um, and Curry actually does run himself later and then it was Curry at the end of the first half who gets like a, a almost buzzer beat a three pointer and they um, just used that momentum to go from there but the player who impressed me a lot in this game and who impressed everyone was centre Cabon Looney who he, um, he had his workout worked out for him because he was guarding Salonis he had 20 rebounds Nine of them offensive against the regular season leader in rebounds for games. And he had a playoff career high, nine assists. He was massive for money.
0: He? Oh, he was fantastic. And when you've got people, when you go small and you've got three point shooters out there in Wiggins and Poole and uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, you need someone who, because they, they didn't shoot great from three in the first half yesterday, Golden State, nor, nor did uh, the Kings for that matter. But when you've got people like that who are shooting threes, you need someone who's actually going to just shine the glass, so to speak. And he, he has done that. And Last night during the broadcast, I was stupid enough to stay up and watch it live, but he goes over to the table when he got his, um, I think it was his 16th or 17th rebound, and apparently that's the thing he does. He keeps checking with the table how many he's got so he can, not stat pad, but so he knows how many he's got, and 20 is a joke last night. It's just... Credit to Steve Kerr for uh, obviously a lot of managers would have hid behind the Draymond Green stuff of him not being there, but now there's potential that they don't even start with him next game and they just kind of roll on these good vibes and keep going short and then put him in from the bench, almost like what Lakers did with uh, Russell Westbrook earlier on in the season.
1: Yeah, well, like, like you just said, the trailing Green will be back for the next game and we'll kind of move on to him. It will be re- really interesting to see the dynamic between him and the rest of the... Um, the, the players there for the Kings um, when he comes when he returns because, like you say, there was he was almost a bit better without him. But yeah, i played about him a lot because he, he's one of them players. And he cook, and, I, and that is why he got the suspension. Um, the NBA officials were pretty much alluding to his his how do you say it his, his past history, um, how he reacts, all of his flagrants, and all of his suspensions in the past. Um, first of all, what did you make of his his stomp? Did you think he stomped? Did you think he deserved to be thrown
0: out of the game? Yeah, he he stomped and he deserved to be thrown out of the game, but I don't think he deserved the one-game suspension. I feel like that was excessive. and I feel like for them to factor in his past is just extremely ridiculous because that's like saying, oh, okay, someone who's never had a flagrant foul in their life is looked at completely different to someone who's had as many as him but in my opinion you've got to take every incident as isolated and you can't factor in anything from the past and I feel like it was a very biased board with maybe some implications against Draymond Green and they just might not be his biggest fan I know he's a bit I don't want to say rough but like he's not deemed prim and proper really by a lot of people and he does the dirty side of it almost like the Dennis Rodman side of the game but I'm a big fan of Draymond Green. He plays on the edge, and I just feel like he was done extremely dirty to be sat out of this game. But thankfully for the Warriors, it didn't help. Um, it didn't help the Kings.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it is quite interesting. I I, I kind of tend to agree that I don't know if it's if it's right that um, the athletic did a piece about um, his Draymond Green suspension was personal, and he does feel that way. It's interesting that they come out and been pretty transparent about that because. Um, it's almost the opposite in football when you get, he's not that type of player when he's gone in for like a big challenge and they've said, no, Green is that type of player that's getting. Uh, <laughs> but I do, I do think he didn't help himself in the end there. I mean, after he got chucked out of the game, or even just before it, sorry, he was proper riling up the crowd, wasn't he? And the way he reacted after it, and he was quite unapologetic, which is classic, Draymond. But I think that just tipped him over the edge. But yeah, interesting one because we um, alluded to some foul play last night um, in Brooklyn, and Cookie wanted to bring this up, didn't you? Um and B was a lucky boy.
0: Yeah, so was Claxton for that matter. He's if he wants to re- recreate, and I just feel like the officiating in that game was so piss poor. They they got rid of James Harden out the game. He got ejected for. Basically, trying to push off to do a step back, and he accidentally—and it was an accident—you see that happen so many times in the NBA, especially with people who are slightly smaller than the people that are being guarded by. And Harden accidentally hits him in in the midriff, shall we say, in the in the in the testes, and he gets ejected out of the game. Whereas, literally ninety seconds into the first quarter, Claxton mm, kind of posters as Embiid, but not really, but kind of. And then Embiid's on the floor, and he kicks out, and he's genuinely about an inch or so away from Claxton's balls. And he kicks in quite hard, but as soon as it happened, the commentator's on TNT, and even I was thinking about it, I was like, you've sent Draymond Green out of the game, which is fine, but you've suspended him for that. I can guarantee you will not see Embiid get a suspension for something that, in my opinion, has more malice behind it because he's actually trying to kick him in the dick.
1: Yeah, and Embiid, in controversial fashion, right at the end of the game, pretty much denies a game-tying layup for Brooklyn, He was very much in this game after Harden went out. Um, yeah, a very lucky boy to avoid a suspension like Green, but he avoided getting chucked out of the game. So, yeah, very, very lucky for um, Joel Embiid. But uh, it looks like that series is all but wraps up. I guess before we move on to um, another series we've been keeping a close eye on um, – I guess we'll say, what do you expect going forward now in the um, in the Kings-Warriors series? We've got Draymond back for the fourth game. but um, well, the Kings have been really impressive, I and mean, we haven't talked about them. Uh, in the first two games, they won the first playoff game in 17 years. Uh, De'Aaron Fox in the first game had 38 points in his playoff debut, which is second most of all time, only to Luka Doncic, uh, the Dallas Mavericks. And he's been impressive in all three games, I think, even though he didn't win the last one. Um, yeah so where what, what, what do you think this series is going to go is it going to go all seven games it's looking like it's going to be close
0: yeah I don't want to sit on the fence and, and I hope that the listeners let me off because I feel like this game is going to go to seven I just don't know where yet because Golden State are awful away from home and I feel like home court especially in Sacramento where you had 17,000 people literally given cowbells going into the arena and then Yesterday in the Bay Area, they were banned. So it just shows the, the actual difference in home court advantage because, like I said, the Warriors are they're so woeful away from home. But if the Warriors can get this back to 2-all, having been where they were, defending champs, I feel like they've just got enough. But Mike Brown got coach of the year, Jim. Let's quickly speak about him. Second time he's won it. Do you feel like it was fully deserved, like you said, 17 years since they've been in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, of course, I, I think it was would have been a surprise to most people to say that the Kings would have been in the playoffs, um, never mind be a higher seed than the defending champions, Golden State Warriors. So, yeah, fully deserved from them. And they're not an amazing defensive team, or not known to be anyway, but in this playoff series, they, they, they've, they've clamped up, um, I think. I think they've been really impressive. Um, and Yeah, you just alluded to the away form. We, we kind of spoke about that, the difference between Golden State away and on the road on the road sorry and at home but they will have to take a game in Sacramento if they want to go through so the pressure is kind of on them for me I know they've got all the experience and they've got heaps of experience over the Kings like we say have not been won of first play in 17 years but the pressure's on the defending champs they have to go away and win and um, if you lose one of them home games if you lose the next game I think it's all but over
0: yeah, I agree. And I feel like, to an extent, they were let off the hook. Malik Monk didn't shoot the best last night, and he's usually very good from three. I feel like Sabonis was fantastic for them last night. He he bullied when they went short. And I feel like the Warriors, the thing that will get them over the line with the Kings is they're used to the playoffs, and they've got someone... The depth is almost stepping up. Like I said, Draymond didn't play. You've got Def- Dante Divincenzo who stepped up. Like I said, that little floater, he's really good. Jordan Poole stepping up. And I feel like if this goes to 2-2, momentum will be with the Warriors, but then you're going back to Sacramento. So if I was to put money on it, I'd say you can't rule Steph Curry out. But as Mike Brown said, going to put them fucking jets on if you've seen that video. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have. So good. So good. But yeah, Jim, Golden State Warriors, I feel like they'll just about get the job done. 4-3, I feel like it'll go all the way. If you had to make a prediction, what way are you leaning?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say 4-3, but to the Kings, I think they will just get it done. Um, I think they've been the better side so far. I don't think they'll lose their home game. That's what what I think will happen. Um, But yeah, I hope it does go to seven games because that's the drama that us fans want to see and that Mm. will be a great seventh game.
0: Oh mate, 100%. And the fact that the Warriors need to bring it back and it could potentially go all the way is is huge. But a team that definitely needs to bring it back, they've been without two stars, Jim, like we've already alluded to. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are out for the Clippers. Russell Westbrook dropped 30 last night and they just lost, like you said, it was only five points in it last night. They lost 129 to 124. But can the Clippers realistically, Jim, 2-1 down now, they lost home court yesterday, can they win this tie without the two superstars? Uh,
1: in a word, no. Um, I think I think they've been a lot more impressive than I think that, than I thought they would have done. Probably would have been sorry, but Norman Powell had forty two as well, and the, the Suns actually shot something like forty six free throw attempts, which is absolutely crazy. And um, I'm sure the Clippers fans weren't happy about that because that just that leans towards some dodgy officiating, if you ask me. Um, yeah. but you simply can't you can't be without your best two defenders and go and win a series against Booker and Durant because ultimately when they go and get us tough them two are just going to be able to score when they want if you haven't got your best guys to throw at him so I would like to see it happen personally but unfortunately I do think the Suns are going to win that one um, and I think they'll win it pretty easily now especially if Kawhi doesn't come back he uh, looked like a, a robot but he's been turned off and he's lasted two games before he can sit. And that, 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 that's the thing with Kawhi, he's a brilliant player, one of the league's best, but the, the, the fitness and playing every single, every other two games and back-to-backs, he's just
0: not got it in him, has he? No, not anymore. And We were just talking about the other day about load management and how it is a shot to some players' systems when they do get to the playoffs and they are asked to play every 48 to 36 hours because someone like Kawhi the exact same as LeBron post-breaking the record. If they were playing a back-to-back, he would not play in the second one, the same as Anthony Davis. So it just shows these, these players that have been wrapped in cotton wool so far, AD, Kawhi, they are struggling so far with, with the postseason. And this is, obviously, we could speak about load management all day, but I do agree with you. I do feel like the Suns are maybe going to pull away, steal home court again, especially if Kawhi is not there for the next game, Jim.
1: Yeah, exactly. And an injuries have been already a, a bit of a dampener on some of the playoff series and some of the games. Um, so hopefully he does come back. But like you say, I mean, I know they do back-to-backs in the regular season, but the minutes they play in post-season, I mean, Kawhi's going to have to play pretty much every minute of every second half to, to give the Clippers a, a decent chance. Um, but yeah, we'll move on from last night's game, Cook, um, and we'll go to a series that we got to watch as UK fans... Um at a decent time on um, on the weekend. I believe it was Sunday night when um Austin memes was announced. Um and Rui Hachimura had one of his best games ever. Um the Lakers won the on the road at Memphis. Um I guess we'll start with I guess we'll start with the first game, Cook. I mean we we watched this and we were talking throughout I mean, I know we impressed you. So let's talk about him. Austin Reeves. Yeah.
0: Mate, what an honor this is to speak about him. He's so good. And the Lakers just give him whatever he wants because this this guy is a sponge. And especially when there's some baddies in the crowd, he turns it on extra, extra hard. The same as Jordan Poole, two studs. But yeah, Ost, Ost Him Reeves he was fantastic in this game. And especially when AD went down and we were both like, not again. We can't believe this. And then if you were to say to me pre-match that Hachimura is going to get 29, Reeves is going to get 23, and LeBron and AD aren't going to be the top two scorers, then I'd have laughed at you. But it's his first ever playoff game. Like I said, he dropped 23, three re- rebounds, four assists. And long may continue. I'm a big fan of him. And, yeah, I hope the Lakers get him signed up because he's a Lakers fan and he did say that he would like to be a Laker for life. So I'd like to see that happen.
1: Yeah, I was I was really impressed with. Obviously, Hatchimor was probably the yeah, the play of the game, but it was, it was the mentality of, of Reeves in the fourth quarter when the game was tight and uh, Morant went out of an unfortunate hand injury and the game was there to be won by the Lakers. They we're, were impressive all night, I thought, but they said on commentary that um, Reeves used to be a point guard and you could see that in some of the buckets he was getting. But yeah, the mentality, like I was, like I just said, to to, to get in the fourth quarter with Davis and LeBron on the court, and kind of have LeBron just happy to be a three-point shooter stood on the wing, and Reeves just running all the plays and just taking all the scores himself in the in the crucial game-winning tie. It was just, yeah, it was clutch. It was great to see, and I was, yeah, really impressed by that performance. and And I think it was his mentality that put them over the line, despite Hachimura having what. Grizzlies guard Bain said was probably the best game of his career, which, I don't know, the former Wizards man probably wouldn't disagree with too much because he was brilliant and he didn't really miss anything. He didn't miss much in the second game, Cook, which we'll kind of go to. um, But unfortunately, there wasn't much else going for the Lakers. Um, Anthony Davis, who's a really important player, you just touched on him there a little bit. He was locked up a bit in this one, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he was. And the thing is, for the Grizzlies... To really have a chance, they need LeBron to basically try and put the game on his back and constantly score so they can keep forcing him to the basket, really. But they locked up AD in this one. The Lakers didn't even score 100 points, which, again, from the previous game, is embarrassing because then they got 128 on the same court. The team was very similar, but it was just little tweaks from the Grizzlies that basically tweaked it in their favor. Like you said, AD... If it's not going for him early, he almost looks a bit disgruntled and a bit discredited sometimes. And you can see that when he kind of hides and doesn't ask for the ball. Because AD is at his best when he's screaming for the ball because he's so powerful and he's so tricky in the paint. But the best thing the Lakers can do, I don't know if you agree, Jim, is to share the ball like they did in the first, in the first game. Like I said, Hachimura, Reeves, LeBron, AD... Uh, and even D'Angelo Russell getting quite a lot of points, but if LeBron tries to put it on his back, I feel like Brooks, Bain, they'll lock him down.
1: Yeah, it, it was ultimately it was a disappointing performance um, from Davis, who who was going up against the third string center for the Grizzlies, um, Xavier Tillman. We'll, we'll touch him in a minute. He was, he was really impressive. I think what the Lakers need to do as well is get James in the paint more. He's just he's shooting too many 3 pointers for me. Um, and he's he's half decent shooter, but what the, the, what LeBron James is going to get you is he's, he's too strong and he's too big and he's got a bit of a mismatch in size wise um, against Dylan Brooks, who has been very vocal about guarding LeBron. Um, I think he needs to drive inside the paint more if he wants to get the forty that Dylan Brooks will give him respect for. I mean, it was an opportunity missed from the Lakers, I thought. But the, one of the most interesting parts of the whole. Game two was the chirping back and forth between Brooks and James and I think Brooks kind of reeled James in a little bit, didn't he, by getting him to talk some shit to him. Um, because usually LeBron would just like rise up a bit a bit, probably. And right. Dylan Brooks has said some controversial things. But will really he wise things to call him the great the greatest of all time before they go and play at home in LA?
0: I mean, regardless if it's wise or not, you have to respect it because Mike, Michael Jordan said in the last dance that it's, it's fair enough you're talking shit when you're winning, but when it's one all like what it is in that game and they were losing the series overall and he's still talking shit, but it almost kind of filters into what I alluded to before where he's almost saying to LeBron, I dare you to be more greedy and keep going and keep shooting these threes that, again, you're okay at them. You're not, fan, you're not Steph Curry. But he was shooting as if he was. He was taking as many shots as if he was. So I almost feel like it was a dare from Brooks to say, go on, you, you keep doing that because that works for us. Whereas I feel like the next game, if they play like the first game and they share the ball a bit more, like I said, get more people involved, I feel like they won't have a chance, especially without Ja Moran. And I feel like Jaron Jackson Jr. can only do so much. And uh, congrats to him on getting a defensive player of the year as well. Might I add, great, great player.
1: Yeah, indeed. He was brilliant he was in the first game despite the loss. Um, I just think if I was a, a Jackson Jr. or if I was any of the other Grizzlies players that aren't Dylan Brooks, and listen, they seem to get on with Brooks, but I'd be thinking, keep your mouth shut, man. We have to go to LA. They've not played in front of their home fans in a playoff game in years because you got to remember when they won it, it was the coronavirus lockdown. It was the bubble edition when they played it in a in like like Disney World or something he played it in Um, so the the crowd are going to be up it anyway because he's not seen high level playoff games in so many years and now you've just goaded on and you've just poked the the burr of one of the best basketball players of all time who I can see him I think it's Sunday night day play um, again I can just see him coming out cooking, just thinking right I'm just having all these points (laughs) and I think there'll be a few bets of him to go over forty in that game. Um, so yeah, really, re- really interesting words to say the least from Dylan Brooks to do that. Um, and yeah, this is this is going to be a good series, isn't it? Because this is now one each. I think the Lakers have been more impressive to me, and I think the the big thing that this tie, this series, kind of um, balances on is Jamrat's injuries and his health. I mean, he's still a game time decision as of recording today. But I believe after game one, when he got out, he, told, he asked him how his pain was feeling and he said it was at 10. Um, it was to the fact where he couldn't even scrunch up his socks. Um, he couldn't actually like use that pressure in his hand. And I mean, it's his shooting hand as well. I don't think he's looking too great for him in game three. So I think Grizzlies need to kind of just keep even,
0: steal one on the
1: road and then just hope
0: that Morant can come back. What do you think? I feel like you're right there and I feel like as long as it's not embarrassing for this, this game on the road and I feel like as long as they can compete because they're, they're also missing Stephen Adams who's a massive component for the way that they play and he's been injured for months and I feel like if if they was coming in both fresh like the Lakers because the Lakers, they're all 100% or there or thereabouts but this series would be a lot closer but I am enjoying it and I feel like it was a bad injury, the Jarmorant one. So if he, can, if he can play, great. But if you're only going to get Jarmorant at 70%, I'd rather you rest him. And then, like you said, try and hang in there, get him maybe at like 85%, 90% for the game four. And all you've got to do is be competitive because, again, look at the Clippers yesterday without their two stars. It, they were five points off taking it to overtime. So it can be done. And especially with a team like the Lakers who... Let's just say they, they they do believe in their own hype, and as you saw for game two, they maybe let their emotions get the better of them, and they may be thought, "Oh, there's no jam around from the start; it'll be a little bit easier." So, yeah, the Lakers are definitely that team that can give themselves an inch and they'll take a mile. So, I'm very excited for this series. I do think the Lakers will go through overall, though.
1: Yeah, I've got to side with with you there. I think the Grizzlies are probably a better overall team, but with their interested, I've mentioned Brandon Clark, he was the second centre. He's also out of the whole playoffs. Um, I just don't see him getting through. And you've got a good, lot of good players. Tyus Jones is... They, they, they keep saying on commentary he's the best backup point guard in the league. And I think I've heard that every single time he's come on. Which um, is tiring. But I mean, he's probably true. He's brilliant. Desmond Bain's a good player, but I think he needs to step up a little bit more um, from his first two games. Dylan Brooks needs to score more. Yeah, on the other side of the ball. But I just don't see... The Grizzlies beating them without Jamaran in this series and even though this is the two seed versus the is it the seven seed or the eight seed I can't even remember where they got in the Lakers in the end but the seven seed it kind of feels like it's the other way around now now the Lakers are fully healthy and the way the Lakers have been playing since the the trades they made um, near deadline when they brought in Hachimura and they brought in uh, D'Angelo Russell and they got rid of Westbrook and they've moved a few pieces but it kind of feels like the Lakers are the two seed in this one
0: Welcome back, listeners. You've had our insight on the playoffs so far. We think that some of these games are going to go all the way. And Jim, a game that I personally do not think is going to go all the way, it won't need seven, potentially will be a sweep. It is Boston versus the Atlanta Hawks. Someone did an anonymous interview with The Athletic, and it was basically like, who's the most overrated player in the league? Who's the uh, the best defensive player, who's the best coach, best ref, etc. And Trey Young across the board was overall the most overrated player in the league. So, what do you think about this game, Jim? Do you reckon Trey Young can even get one game for them Hawks?
1: Well, I mean, he needs to return to the format at MSG two years ago. I remember watching that series, Hawks versus Knicks. Um, he was a brilliant villain and he was, he was shooting lights out and he was doing everything right in them once But The past two playoffs since then, it was very disappointing against the Heat last season and in the two games so far, he's shooting just 35%. So he needs to step up massively. But I just don't see it happening. I think Boston are maybe the best team in the East. I mean, I don't want to put my neck out there, but I think they're my favourites to come out. I think so. And I just think this is going 4-0. Yeah, this is one of the games tonight, isn't it, Cook? Um, The Celtics travel to Atlanta and I mean it does look like the sweeps going there but if the Hawks can get one they can potentially make it interesting um another series called a game tonight the Nuggets travel to Minnesota to play the T-Wolves this one also semi looks like it could be on a sweep just because of how disappointing some of the big men in uh, Minnesota are performing um Carl Anthony Towns the star man just isn't doing it and the Nuggets look really good when they want to try um that game is that that is too old to Denver. They're my team for any listeners. Um, Cook, what do you think about that one? I mean it's probably not one of the most interesting series in round one, but um yeah, the the the, the Timberwolves have, have lost some players, especially the the rookie there who punched the cement wall. That wasn't very clever of him.
0: Yeah, not not the brightest. And I feel like your nugs are probably in first gear for this one. I feel like this is obviously Timberwolves coming from the play in. I feel like this was the best possible team they could have faced really especially after all those like we said the mad injury and just the whole thing with Rudy Gobert and again alluding to the athletic list he was somebody's uh, most overrated player and they said he's 7-3 what else is he supposed to do other than rebound so that was yeah, a I, I think I,
1: I've kept an eye on this one because a lot of the Nuggets and he it doesn't just like the more, the more talented, but he looks like the better coach as well. I mean, in the first game, I, I think it was Mike Conley um, from Minnesota who came out and said he, he kind of felt like Denver knew exactly what we were going to do. Um, KCP from the Denver then, from Denver then literally said, yeah, we, we, we kind of didn't know what he was going to do. Um, in the second game, when it got to the clutch time in the fourth quarter, Nuggets were getting any, anything they wanted. He um, was rather doing pick and rolls with two big men and Carlton Towns just isn't quick enough to keep up with Aaron Gordon or they were just leaving Rudy Gobert in the paint and then shooting with MPJ and Jamal Murray and if Jamal Murray can keep up a 40 point form then the series contenders for the championship Um, but yeah moving on to the most interesting match of the night Cook in Madison Square Garden and playoff basketball in Madison Square Garden is one of the finer things in all of the NBA I personally think Donovan Mitchell's Cleveland Cavaliers travel to New York in a series that also could go seven games it's one each at the minute um after the Cavs won the last one but the Knicks did steal game one what, what are your thoughts on this
0: oh lad I love this Knicks team I, I was saying to you the other day I, I do watch them a lot and I've had the pleasure of watching Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson so much this year and the way that they added Josh Hart just off the bench for them as well. I, like I said, I do really like this Knicks team. I feel like Knicks in seven, I really like the Spider, but I just think that this Knicks team, like I said, Randall is a beast for this team. Jalen Brunson, I can't believe he didn't get signed up um, from someone else prior to him going to the Knicks. And I just think that, yeah, Knicks and seven, although the Cavs are a very good team, but MSG like I said it'll be rocking oh, I, I just really like this team I don't really know what more, more I can say I'm sorry spider but the Cavs them young Cavs shall we say
1: right so listeners of the cookie podcast um, you might not call a cookie podcast after we get some tweets of what to name this thing um, me and Cook are going to do a little head-to-head um, predictions of the, the handicaps of the games that are happening on the night of recording. So, as we've alluded to before, this is Friday. We've got the games in Atlanta, in Minnesota, and in New York. And we're going to kind of pick a, a little handicap line, one each, and then we'll keep, we'll keep a tally and we'll keep the list. Maybe there'll be a forfeit at the end. We have been known on this podcast to do at the bomb. Um, when Champions League predictions go wrong and I do believe I'm actually old one of them
0: you are and uh, I think not. after the semis mate I'll be old the other one so don't worry about it we can do it <laughs> together
1: um, yes maybe we can it would be a great bond experience um, Cook you've got the lines in front of you do, do you want to give us allegedly. a little quick uh, <laughs> not them kind of
0: lines <laughs> allegedly
1: <laughs> do you want to give us a little quick prediction and your first pick in our head to head series
0: yeah, I think that, like I said, I've got Knicks fever. I'm not well. I've got Knicks fever. I'm I'm looking at the Lions there, and I just feel like the Knicks at home—they're a different beast. And if and the Knicks, the line is minus one and a half, but you can get the Knicks minus three and a half, 11 to ten. That's my best price if you're going to lump.
1: There you go. And I pick picking my boys. Denver Nuggets, who I think have been by far the superior team in this one. I think they'll win even away. I believe they're still minus 2.5. Cook maybe can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe I'm right. And then, uh, yeah, I think they'll cover and I think they'll cover quite handedly.
0: They will. And like i said we, we are going to spoil you on the pod this week and there is a nice little boost on bet 365 if you've got an account it is boston the knicks and the nuggets just short of four so i would say that is a very tasty one given that they are all favorites so i'll be having 10 on that listeners maybe you should as well Right, listeners, unfortunately, it is that time of the episode, the time where we do have to love you and leave you. But if you have enjoyed this special edition of the Cookie Pod, the NBA edition with me and Jim, give us a five star, let us know what you thought in the comments, pass the pod, give us a like on our YouTube clip channel, Cookie Podcast Clips. You can find us on TikTok by using the handle The Cookie Podcast. And if you just want normal, that's the way the cookie grumbles, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Just type in, you guessed it, that's the way the cookie crumbles. So it's been a very special episode of the cookie pod today with me and Jim, a nice playoff edition of the NBA. I'm feeling a bit unwell. I've got next fever. And that's the way the cookie crumbles.